We now join the Apostle and Prophet Ministry with Pastor Ron Boyd coming to you from Dunbar Township. Praise the Lord, everybody. This is Brother Ronnie Boyd coming to you again today with the Apostle and Prophet Ministry. And we got some good things coming up for you today. We're going to have a song here in just a little bit from Gene Watson. He's going to be singing, Before the hammer could ring, his blood touched the cross for me. And because of what Jesus did, you and I now have an opportunity that we can have right to the tree of life. And also, he laid a foundation that stands steadfast and sure today. And we want to talk about that in a little while here, about the foundation of God and what the apostles used. And did they use that same foundation? And uh, what advice did they give to us? So stay tuned. We've got some good things coming up today in the broadcast. to read a verse of scripture it's found in uh, the 28th chapter of the book of isaiah about verse 16 therefore thus saith the lord god behold i lay in zion for a foundation a stone a tried stone a precious cornerstone and a sure foundation he that believeth shall not make haste and i think about that he said i'm going to lay that foundation stone in zion And then I think about what the Apostle Paul said in the book of Galatians, the first chapter. And I want you to think about this a little bit. When was this written? When was Paul's ministry? And from what I understand, it had to be in the first century. Well, if that's true, then that first hundred years, you know, after Jesus come on the scene and and, uh, the apostles came on the scene and Paul, yeah, he came a little bit later, but still... He was in that uh, particular time, and he writes at that time this, and you'll find this in Galatians, the first chapter, and start reading about verse 6. He tells the church there, I marvel that ye are so soon removed from him that called you into the grace of Christ unto another gospel, which is not another, but there be some that trouble you and would pervert the gospel of Christ, not Paul's gospel now. Now we're talking about the gospel of Christ. That's where Paul got his gospel from Christ. Now watch this. 
But though we, or an angel from heaven, preach any other gospel unto you than that which we have preached unto you, let him be accursed. As we said before, so say I now again, if any man preach any other gospel unto you than that ye have received, let him be accursed. For do I now persuade men or God, or do I seek to please men? For if I yet please men, I should not be the servant of Christ. Then he said in verse 11, watch this, But I certify you, brethren, that the gospel which was preached of me is not after men. For I neither received it of man, neither was I taught it, but by the revelation of Jesus Christ. So he preached the gospel of Jesus Christ. It was Jesus Christ that told his disciples to go into all the world, teach all nations. He told them to go and preach the gospel and told them what to do, that they was to baptize in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost. Then he said, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded. So the foundation was laid in Zion. And that's what we want to talk about a little bit today. And I've heard uh, some say that uh, about the about Muhammad said he lived for his people. But I want you to know something. Jesus didn't only live for his people, but he died for his people. And that's what this song is all about. Before the hammer could ring, his blood touched the cross for me. Before the hammers could ring, his blood touched the cross for me. Before the hammers could strike the nails that pinned him to the tree.
At this time, we're going to have a poem that my wife wrote about the love of God. And I think about the foundation of God and uh, how that Jesus truly had to love the world that he had created, man whom he had created, to do what he did. And that is what it says in John 3.16, God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. And uh, some say that uh, today I keep hearing from the Muslim uh, sources that that was uh, Ishmael and not Isaac. And uh, there's just too much proof in history and in the world today and in this Bible that would have to uh, condemn that uh, statement. But there's so much proof that it was Jesus Christ who was of the tribe of Judah, the son of David, the son of Abraham. And uh, we want to see a few of those things today after Sister Nancy reads this poem. Love is light in a world of darkness, reaching down into the soul. Love is lifting the heart that is lonely, restoring and making it whole. Love is nurturing. It is patient and kind, giving help when needed to body and mind. It seeks not its own, but regards rather others. It's a word of action towards sisters and brothers. They say that actions speak louder than words. I know it's true, these words I've heard. Love is not measured and cannot be bought. 
it is freely given and eagerly sought. One who embodies all the above came down to earth in the name of love. He walked this earth as you and I, and after he lived, he had to die. He gave his life freely. He suffered such pain. He died a death of anguish and shame. The third day he arose, triumphant was he, that we might have this hope of eternity. There is no love greater than the life he gave, the hope of resurrection from the grave. All right, when we read in the Word of God that Isaiah 28:16 that God laid in Zion for a foundation of stone, I can't help but think about it in Revelation when he said that he was the lamb slain from the foundation of the world, Jesus Christ. I was talking about Jesus. And then I hear all these false religions and, and statements made by them. And uh, some say that Ishmael, he was the uh, son of Abraham. Well, that is true uh, after the flesh to the bound woman. And since he was the first uh, child, that he should have got the inheritance. And then they are saying that it wasn't Isaac that was going to be offered up. It was Ishmael. And you hear all these stories all the time. And they're trying to discredit Christianity and make the world believe in a false hope. And uh, it seems like, though, that it's uh, growing. My, when you hear about how many Muslims there are in the world, and and uh, it seems like it's uh, uh, something that has really grown. And uh, uh, Muhammad, he came, uh, from what I understand, about the 5th century. And Paul wrote, I just read it to you a little bit ago, in Galatians, if there come anything after those apostles had laid down that foundation that Jesus gave them, uh, there was nothing else ever coming after that. If there was, then it was to be cursed. In other words, you can't uh, accept nothing but what was delivered by Jesus Christ and the apostles and backed up by the prophets. And uh, we find if you would really study the word of God, it is so fascinating. Uh, only Jesus could have fulfilled the things that was written from the beginning of time. You go back to the Garden of Eden in the third chapter about verse 15. Now, after they had sinned and God speaks then to them and he says this to the serpent, I will put enmity between thee and the woman and between thy seed and her seed and it shall bruise thy head and thou shall bruise his heel now a lot of people get upset if you say well two seeds come out of the garden well oh that's terrible that's some kind of false doctrine you better read the word of god right here he talks about the seed of the woman and the seed of the serpent well then we find that eve whenever that uh, cain was born she said i've gotten a man uh, from the Lord. Well, let's look at something here in the Word of God. In the fourth chapter of the book of Galatians, now we're talking about the seed of the woman. What woman never knew a man and yet brought forth a child? That was Mary. That was 4,000 years later. And in the book of Galatians, the fourth chapter, the Apostle Paul confirms that. And he says in verse 4, But when the fullness of time was come, God sent forth his Son, made of a woman, made under the law, to redeem them that were under the law, that we might receive the adoption of sons. All right? Now, he is confirming the fact that it was 4,000 years later that the seed of the woman came. And... Uh, 
That seed was Jesus Christ. He was going to bruise the head of the serpent. The serpent was going to bruise his heel. And uh, we find enough a Bible and scripture to fulfill that. Well, let's look at uh, Ishmael for just a little bit. In the 17th chapter of the book of Genesis, we read in verse 18, Abraham now is pleading for Ishmael. In verse 18, he said, uh, Abraham said unto God, Oh, that Ishmael might live before thee. And God said, Sarah, thy wife, shall bear thee a son. Indeed, and thou shalt call his name Isaac. And I will establish my covenant with him for an everlasting covenant and with his seed after him. Now watch, let's look at Ishmael here for a moment. And as for Ishmael, I have heard thee. Behold, I have blessed him, and will make him fruitful, and will multiply him exceedingly. Twelve princes shall he beget, and I will make him a great nation. But my covenant will I establish with Isaac, and with Sarah shall uh, bear unto thee at this time in the next year. So the covenant is with Isaac and not with Ishmael. Now today, history has proven this passage of Scripture. When we look at the nations, the Arab nations today in the world, we see that this was fulfilled. Twelve princes, I'll make of him a great nation. There is so many uh, Arab people in the world today, and they are Ishmaelites. And that was where they came from originally. Are they the seed of Abraham? Yes, they are. Not only were they the seed of Abraham, Isaac is the seed of Abraham. And then Abraham had other children after Sarah died. And uh, he had children to Keturah. And he sent them eastward so that they would not I uh, have uh, anything to do with Isaac's inheritance. Well, then the Apostle Paul gives us revelation in the book of Galatians. And he said that that seed out of Isaac shall thy seed be called. And he said not to seeds of many, but one seed. And that seed was Christ. When Jesus Christ came, he fulfilled that very promise that was started clear back there in the Garden of Eden, and then was confirmed unto Abraham. And then we find something else that's very interesting. In the uh, ninth chapter of the book of Genesis, again, things are mentioned there to uh, make you stop and think if you would read it. In the ninth chapter, about verse uh, 23, we'll look at that. And uh, Shem and Japheth took a garment and laid it up on both of the shoulders and went backward and covered the nakedness of their father. And their faces were backward and they saw not their father's nakedness. Now, why did they do that? Well, Noah was laying in his tent uncovered and Ham, he saw his father's nakedness and oh, that was not a good thing. So these two, trying to protect themselves, went in and covered him. And Noah awoke from his wine, and knew what his younger son had done unto him. And he said, Cursed be Canaan, a servant of servants, shall he be unto his brethren. Canaan happened to be the son of Ham. 
Now watch this. And he said, Blessed be the Lord God of Shem. Now I wonder what that has to do with it. Well, if you had studied the genealogies, go down through time, you'd find out that Abraham came of that line. Now watch what else he said. And he said, Canaan shall be his servant. Then he said, God shall enlarge Japheth. And he shall dwell in the tents of Shem, and Canaan shall be his servant. Who is Japheth then? Well, if you continue to study all this out, you'll find that Japheth was the father of the Gentile people. And Shem come other nations, and happens to be that Abraham, the father of the Israelites, uh, the Hebrew people, well, he happened to be of the seed of Shem. Unto Abraham, the uh, covenant was made, and... Uh, uh, this salvation came uh, to Abraham and to his seed. Well, then it said Shem, uh, uh, Japheth, was going to be enlarged, and he would dwell in the tents of Shem. And later we find that the Gentiles then became partakers and was brought into the same salvation that Israel had and knew the God of Israel, the Gentiles. And... Uh, that was very interesting. So here's another promise that when Jesus came, he fulfilled that promise. He said he had sheep of another fold that he was going to bring with him. And that day there was going to be just one shepherd in one fold. So these Jesus Christ fulfilling different passages of Scripture all the way down through time. I wouldn't have time on this broadcast to begin to deal with all those passages of Scripture. But I'm going to tell you one thing. It would make an interesting study. You have Jacob and Esau at a later date. Esau had the birthright. He was the firstborn. And yet turned around and had no regard for it and sold his birthright to Jacob. Jacob goes on, and it happened to be that God had chosen Jacob. If you really study the word of God, that seed was going to pass through him on down through time. And we know it showed up in David. And uh, David was of the tribe of Judah. We know that Jesus is of the tribe of Judah. And we know that there was a promise made to David about his seed sitting up on the throne of Israel. Uh, so when you begin to study this, Jesus Christ is the only one that could have fulfilled all these prophecies, even when and where he was to be born how it was going to happen, how it was going to be a virgin birth. And uh, then it tells about his life. The Word of God tells us what's going to happen to him. And everything that was written, it was fulfilled by Jesus Christ. There was never another before him or since him that ever could go back for century after century after century, prophet after prophet, uh, things written about him. And he come along and fulfilled everything that was ever written about him that he was to do while he was here on earth. He did everything that was written about him. Not another. There was never another that could have fulfilled it, did fulfill it, before or since. He was the Lamb of God. He was the way. He was the truth. He was the door. He was the life. He was the light. He was everything that was prophesied about him, and he come and fulfilled it all. Like I say, time would fail me to try to even begin to go through this Word of God and dig out all these different prophecies. But I'll tell you one thing, you at home there that hear my voice, if you are a little confused about all the stuff that's going on in the world, Look to Jesus. I hear one writer say, looking unto Jesus, the author 
and the finisher of our faith. Brother, he's the one that, that was that stone, uh, that was uh, the foundation, uh, that was laid in Zion. In other words, God cleared back there through the prophecies in Zion. That stone was laid. That promise was made. Jesus said over in the book of Matthew, talking to his disciples one day, he talked about, who do you say that I am? They said, uh, Peter spoke up finally after they had said, well, we've heard you might be John the Baptist or you could be any one of the prophets. And finally, uh, Peter said, thou art to Christ, <laughs> the son of the living God. And uh, whenever he said that, Jesus said, flesh and blood didn't reveal that. And he went on to say, Upon this rock, I'm going to build my church. In other words, this foundation, the foundation of Christ, who fulfilled all those promises, fulfilled all those scriptures, upon this rock, I'm going to build my church upon this revelation. And that was the foundation that was laid. From that time on, that was the foundation that the apostles built upon. Paul said in 1 Corinthians, uh, he said this, about the third chapter, I have laid the foundation, and another buildeth thereupon. Let him that buildeth take heed how he build. I say to all these young ministers today that, or men that feel like they want to do something for God, or uh, like the old saying was years ago, maybe got a little bit of preacher's itch, and some of them might really be called. But I'm going to tell you this. You better study the Apostle Paul, and you better look at the foundation he laid, and you better be careful how you build upon that particular foundation, because that foundation that was laid, Paul said, other foundation can no man lay except that which is laid, and that was Jesus Christ. So if you're going to build, you got to start with Jesus Christ. How do you start? How did Peter start? Go back to the day of Pentecost. Go to the second chapter of Acts and find out how he started. How did he do it? How did the apostles do it? Brother, I'll tell you, you better go back. Get that foundation and build on that foundation, and you better be careful what you're preaching after that. You better be according to the Word of God. It better be according to the Scripture. You better build right upon that foundation that was laid by the apostles in that day and time. All right, I see our time slipping away again. See you next week, same time, same station, with the Apostle and Prophet Ministry. All right, at this time, we're going to have a little picking from uh, some of our musicians at the church, Brother John Prinky and Chris Prinky and Brother Darren Haller and some of the men of the church here playing a little music. and Prophet Ministry with Pastor Ron Boyd inviting you to join him again next Sunday morning at 8.30 a.m. here on WMBS.